G'day and welcome to the Blowpod Ashes preview episode, and we have a very special guest joining us. Our no, it's not that no, our no longer Kalgoorlian correspondent, the Bagman himself. Uh, good to be here. Cometh the hour, cometh the Bagman. <laughs> and cometh, cometh the Butler. Too. <laughs> yeah, he's yeah. he's rocking that <laughs> right now. Really, really true. Got the party in the back. <laughs> God, I hope that's a reference to his hair and nothing else. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not going to put <laughs> Or anything else is. <laughs> All right. Now <laughs> we've got the ass sex jokes out of the way, let's move on to the cricket. So, we are now just uh, three, four days out from the Ashes series. Perth is going to get snubbed of a test match for the second time in two years, which is fucking horse shit. And Australia's going to have a captain that's never captained a first-class match before. Mmm, yes. Mm. So wh- where do we want to start? Shall we start with that? I'm going to jump in on this. Oh, I, uh, I wouldn't have expected anything yeah. else. <laughs> oh, and then, and like to jump in first, but it's a surprise. Yeah, and... To continue the sexual... Hey, uh, second thoughts, Dad. I don't want to hear what you think. Yeah. <laughs> the floor is yours. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I haven't been following that much. I know Pat Cummins is captain, but that's about it at this point. So, right, Am I ready to go now? Blind <laughs> <laughs> captain. <laughs> no, look, um, fuck Tim Payne. Seriously, fuck that guy. <laughs> I, I don't give a shit about him. I don't care if he... Like offs himself in the next few days or something due to his mental health anguish. If you don't want mental health issues, then don't send dip pictures of your dick around. Uh, yeah, like this is like, it's hard for me to build a, build up a full head of steam for this rant because I've pretty much been ranting non-stop about it since you I found you, out. You didn't but, see that tweet that the dick pics were of David Warner? <laughs> <laughs> that sounds about right. No, look, I just. How someone on their first, on the day of their first match back in the team as captain, knowing they've been made captain because of all the shit that unfolded in South Africa, can think it's acceptable. And look, there's the argument around sportsmen are held to too high a standard and we expect them to be perfect and all the rest. And usually I'd have some sympathy with that. But this crosses even that line, you know. This is borderline sexual assault what he's doing here and yes you know the woman may have been a more than active participant but at a certain point in time isn't the Australian test captain held to a higher standard than this ever since Michael Clark became captain the legacy of it has gone to shit can you can you imagine like I know they say that a lot of the former players you know were no angels and if social media and camera phones and everything around had been around in the time we would know a lot more about them but can you imagine Steve Waugh or Mark Taylor or Ricky Ponting or Alan Border like sending pictures of their dick around to well, to other women? Maybe Ricky Ponting. Oh, in his <laughs> in his very early years, maybe. But even then, like it's just it's it's a sickening feeling in the pit of your stomach hearing this sort of shit about your test captain. So fuck that guy. He'll never play again. He never deserves to go and darken our towels no more. I, I have more contempt for Cricket Australia than I do for Tim Payne. It's a fair point. Um, to be fair, I think that they they obviously cleared him of any wrongdoing a few years ago, put him in the seat anyway, and then didn't back him. And also... And put him in an even worse position at the end of it, where firstly they pretty much forced him 
to resign mm-hmm. and then said, well, we might still pick you anyway. Well, it's like, I'm sorry, it's, it's, a, it's a half pregnant status. And I hate to say that, but he's in or he's out. And also knew about this for three years and failed to develop yeah. any um, contingencies in terms of the... And I mean, look, he's done a reprehensible thing, but it's a moral, not a legal. And I think mm. people need to remember that. That's, and, you know, as far as I'm concerned, it's between Tim Payne, the person in question, and his wife in a court of law, if required. Mm. Anybody else can shut the fuck up, quite frankly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, Cricket Australia really let him down. I can, really let him down. I can sort of see that argument, but I think... Like, I don't know. Um, it, this might be unfair, but at a certain point in time, I feel like the fault lies with the bloke sending pictures of his dick well, around. Like, well, you, you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's, they've handled it's, it very poorly, it's, but if, it's, if, it's, if, he hadn't, if he had kept his phone in his pocket and not his hip pocket, let's hope, then yeah. they, they wouldn't have had to come up with this. I mean, you like, can use the Ben Simmons analogy, which is that every single problem that Ben Simmons has right now mm, is big yeah. decisions that Ben Simmons has made. Yeah. It, the same thing lies here with Tim Payne, but... And yes, he, you know, he has to... And, you know, I think, to be fair to him, he's taken it, taken it on board and done... I, I wouldn't necessarily say that he's done the right thing, but at least he's owned up to his... Four years later, only when it was going to be coming out and made public. <coughs> like, but he made Cricket Australia's pathway a lot easier than it could have been. It yeah. could have got quite messy. Yeah. So... I'm just, uh, yeah, it's... The problem with this Australian team right now, I was saying this to Dad the other day, like, obviously, you know, I live and breathe cricket, and of course I love the Australian cricket team and I want them to win, but I actually don't like many of the individuals in that team. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's actually funny, it's just, you know, I mean, their choice of captain was, was very limited for that oh, very Essentially, they've picked the one, you know, really good bloke in the team, yeah. I don't think I've known most of the individuals in the team. Oh, but I know enough about them to to not really want to support them okay. that much. Like, question over uh, to you. I mean, that Steve Smith is vice captain. Mm. What's on that? My thoughts are that Pat Cummins will probably, you know, there's every likelihood that Pat Cummins may need to miss a test in this series. Yeah. So they want to ease the public into Steve Smith becoming captain now, essentially, because they know if Cummins isn't playing, then Smith has to be captain. Yeah. Fuck Travis Head. Smith has to be captain. There's, there's no other alternative. So I think making him vice-captain is actually part of just sort of easing us into that. Yeah, yeah, easing us into that reality. Cricket Australia playing the political game and testing the water. Yeah. That's, no, in reality, that's exactly what it is. Yeah. And as I said, that, that's more my thing. Is like, I'd love to see administrations, and, you know, I have problems with most of the sporting mm. administrations in Australia, mm. sack up and own your shit. Yeah. Seriously? Yeah. And this is, the, this is a perfect situation of this where they, they did it. And, I, and yes, well, Tim Payne made a very, very bad decision and he is going to pay a rather significant... It's, it's basically, let's be honest, he won't play for Australia. Again. Oh, no. Um, he might not even play. Uh, yeah, I don't, yeah, that's what I was going to say. So I mean, yeah. you know, the cost to him is going to be pretty significant. Mm. Um, but you know, the people, you know, the people at the top keep their jobs. Yes, 
I mean, they... And continue to make bad decisions time after time after And then time. sit there and say, oh, if this had happened under my watch, then we would have taken a different approach. Or it's not like, jeez, it's easy from the cheap seats now. It's 2020 hindsight. Well, or is know, that 2021 hindsight well, now? Know. <laughs> but I think that the point is, you know, the, the administrations, their, their policy and all this stuff is find the biggest break you possibly can. <laughs> and, uh, and, and a broom. <laughs> yeah. I think Cricket Australia had a whole lot of changes at the top recently I feel like they're more there cosmetic than than yeah. meaningful I think <laughs> no, I, yes yeah I mean just because there's a different figurehead doesn't mean that the culture changes yeah. no, no and absolutely. I think anybody who's been in large organisations and witness change management knows that that's incredible <laughs> yeah I mean, I would have loved to have seen Mark Taylor get given the role, and they, they were talking about him. In fact, there's still some talk about, like, Mark Taylor or Steve Waugh um, being given a significant role. <laughs> at a certain point, it's like... It's, a, it's at an individual level, isn't it? Like, I've, I'm so sick of just... In Australia in general at the moment, it seems like we have investigations, like Senate Task Force, yeah. Royal Commissions, and all it comes down to is my rule number one, Jeez, which you have heard time and time again. Don't be a dick. If you're a banking industry offering insurance which gives you nothing, well, don't be a dick. If you're a casino allowing people to come in and money launder and all this other stuff, don't be a dick. Like, all you have to do is not be a dick. But I mean, this, but it was the same way with regards to administrations in this thing. And I say this all the time as well. Back and more second. Right. <laughs> and don't, you can't write this middle line. Mm. And that's when most problems occur, is when they ride the middle line. As soon as they start talking about grey areas and other stuff exactly. like that. Yeah. And well, we know what the right thing to do is, but we want to continue making money. We, so. yeah, that's exactly right. And <laughs> you know, if, you're, if you're a person who just happens to be a speed bump in the way of us reaching that goal, <laughs> mm. well, I'm sorry, we're just playing right over the top here. Yeah. Your sacrifice will be remembered when we see those extra two zeros in our bank account. Yeah. Yeah. Two cents for most most instances. Yeah. Well, as I say, you know, go white, go broke. Yeah, that too. Yeah. So look, um, look. Good luck to Pat Cummins. Now, the real question is, like, gun to my head, would I have picked him as captain? And I think I think you got this is one of the alternatives. No, and that's and that's what I was gonna say. I say no, I would have made Smith captain because I don't think oh but no, but it's just I don't it's so hard for fastballers to be captain. Like, 90% of the captaincy job happens when you're on the field as the bowling side. Yeah. And I don't want our best fast bowler to have to be worrying about bowling changes and fielding positions and all this other stuff while he's actually trying to run in a bowl. Like, I know as someone who has played cricket, I remember once, I, I mean, you would know this, one of the things I prided myself on was my fielding and my catching in particular because I felt like I wasn't bringing anything to the team <laughs> with the bat. I was bringing, you know, a little bit with the ball, but I always prided myself on t- taking catches and, and saving runs in the field. Yeah. And I remember one day where in the first over of the match, the captain walked over me after like three or four balls and said, I'll warm up, Jacko, you're on next over. 
and the very next delivery I dropped an absolute dolly of a catch because I was completely thrown by the fact that I was coming on, like I was opening the bowling, which I hadn't known about. And yeah, exactly. You want to be mentally focused on the task that you're trying to perform. And you can say, look, on average, I would say fast bowlers probably have an IQ that's maybe 20 or 30 points lower than most batsmen. So there's that argument. But just in general, I don't think you want a bowler who should be just concentrating on line and lengths and hitting the top of off stub having to be in charge of all the other aspects of on-field captaincy at the same time. Yeah, I mean, I think it's a different role these days to what it was 20 or 30 years ago as well, is that there's this whole concept of quote-unquote leadership teams (laughs) that it's very rare that the captain's making decisions in isolation these days. Well, it depends on his captaincy style, really. I'm more open to it than perhaps I would be, but I've always Mm. been to the point that Fast bowlers shouldn't be captains and wicket keepers shouldn't be captains. Mm. Um, and, uh, Is that for the same reason with the keeping? That yeah, you want to be concentrating every ball and be taking the catch? Yeah, 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 you need to be concentrating in the moment. Yeah. Using the analogies, I've played very, very little cricket, but, you know, and, and not to a great standard, but I was actually a wicket keeper who captained one time and, yeah, similar oh, problems. <laughs> Um, Must have been a few dozen blokes out with injury that day, geez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, 20 or so that day. Yeah. Um, it was a rough day for the high wickham under 11s, but <laughs> here, here we go. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, it was, yeah, it was like just, yeah. it was actually funny. I was doing most of the thinking and most of the work between overs because mm. while stuff's happening, during the thing, you're concentrating yeah. on the task that you have to do. Yeah. I mean, wicket keeping mm-hmm. on its own is yeah. pretty intensive well, on, it, the, on the brain. Think about how hard, like, people talk about how exhausting cricket yeah. is, and that's when you get to be out there and, you know, potentially switch off or be in autopilot for a lot of it. Wicket keepers yeah. don't have that luxury. So wicket keeping is even more so because <laughs> the bowler, fast bowlers in particular, come in four, five, mm. six overs, then they can go on a yeah. break. Yeah, that's what, what I mean. You can wander down to fine leg and 90 over. That's a breath. The part yeah. about it is, is that there's a bit of a rhythm. Yeah, true. So you, you, you would find that you routine. You deal with the ball, the ball happens and yeah. you stop and yeah. you concentrate. You know, as as the ball is running in, start that process again. Mm. But it's so, got to happen when you're supposed to be in that, mm. you know. Well, that's something. But as I said, that's the thing. We're taking my time and decide yeah. what I was doing at that point in time. So mm. yeah, wasn't really thinking about it too much during the over. Put it that way. Yeah. Um, but so, would, who would you, who would you have gone as as captain then? Oh, I mean, geez, it's just this. But here, you know, hearing lies the problem. Mm. Um, and you know, as I, you know, I jokingly said to you about Travis Head, and I'm not saying that that's the right option, or it's a, it's a vital. Oh, look, you can make that. I mean, but I'd I, argue he I shouldn't think, be in the team, but right now, as problem. captain think, um, material, mean, he's probably say, second it's, best. It's an interesting but, question you ask yourself: is what's your philosophy with regards to picking a captain? Do you is it the Mike Brearley approach? Well, yeah. yeah. I mean, do you pick the best eleven and then pick the most appropriate yeah. person for the role, or do you pick the team with that in mind? Yeah. Um, and to a lesser extent, the, I, the George Bailey selection had a lot knew, to do with that. Yeah, <laughs> I, I knew they'd never go back to Steve Smith for commercial reasons, not cricketing reasons, which is a problem in itself. Mm. Um, but I'm with you. I think he was the obvious candidate, yeah. given the circumstances. Um, I'm glad they didn't throw it onto uh, Marnus because I don't think he's ready. Yeah. 
But, you know, at the same time, I thought that, you know, the, the whole argument they have, and I'm sure we'll talk about this a bit later, you're bringing in a, either, most likely, either Travis Head or Usman Kawaja into mm. the team. Maybe one of them is the short term while they sort out what happens next. Yeah. Um, I think this is the disappointing part, is as I say, they've known, they've been sitting on this for three or four years now, <clears throat> and they've not made any contingency plans or you know done anything to sort of try and set up and a, I feel like a succession they should have still had a succession plan <laughs> yeah, because yeah, very true. he's not going to yeah. play cricket forever so he's yeah. supposed to be planning ahead for well, five I mean, years down the track not next well week. I mean the concern I think that I have with this is that obviously you know they've got high hopes for Alex Carey mm. and you know that, that there could have been double contingency there but mm. I mean I think that the problem is is that this is a marketing decision more than it is a cricketing decision and that worries me so when you say you knew they wouldn't go back to Smith if Cummins has to miss the third test do you think they make Smith captain yeah well I think that to your point this is the soft landing let's just make everybody yeah. familiar with this let's just see what response we get from this yeah from making this announcement. So when you say they wouldn't go back to Smith, you mean before the series they wouldn't go back to Smith. Correct. They wouldn't, <laughs> they wouldn't, they wouldn't they have parachuted would, Smith in. They, yeah, yeah. they would want to have a series of unfortunate events yeah. take place to force <laughs> their hands are tied, yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. They've got a, they've got a focus group at first. <laughs> yeah, that's right. On the whole yeah. of Yeah, we've yeah. got to test the optics of this. That's exactly right. <laughs> exactly yeah. right Adam well said but I mean the Marnus one like he's another when I was talking before about supporting the team but not necessarily the individuals he's he's another one who just kind of rubs me the wrong way a little bit like the whole issue around um, Justin Langer and the, the blow ups that apparently were had behind the scenes and the players saying oh we don't like this guy a lot of that stemmed from the fact that he had a crack at Marnus for taking a toasted cheese sandwich out onto the field in his pocket and essentially sat him down and told him some hard truths about, mate, do you really think it's a good look to be doing that? Now, any normal human being would think, good point, Justin, thank you, I won't do that in future, whereas apparently that was the almost the, the tipping point that then led to this escalation of bruised egos behind the scenes. And I, yeah, I just think... Between like Marnus, Nathan Lyon, Mitchell Stark, like David Warner, you know, obviously the worst human being to ever play cricket for Australia. Like, there's just a lot of blokes in there who you don't really think that much of. You want to see them perform, but you wouldn't want to go and have a beer with any of them. Yes, mm-hmm. that's a very <laughs> valid point. Yeah. So, and as I say, the, the, and the problem is, is that all the guys that are. Uh, you know, with the exception of Cummins, mm. you know Hazelwood seems yeah. quite poor enough too. But yeah, yeah. Um, the other guys on, you know, all the other ones that are the bikes are on the periphery. Mm. Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, I was so happy for Mitch Marsh to to have you know the game, the moment. Yeah. yeah. And that segues nicely into what I was going to say. Let's move on to which is selections. So, I've got four guys. Who will, I will go through, who I would pick, who won't get picked. And they are in no particular order. Joe Richardson's number one. Jibo ahead of Mitchell Stark. Mitchell Stark has underwhelmed with a red ball for pretty much his entire career, and he has now been underwhelming with a white ball for the last 18 months as well. So Jibo, and Jibo's been absolutely tearing it up in the shield this year. 
like running through teams. So there's also, I guess, the factor of, well, pick him while he's fit. Yeah. You know, you don't know how long someone like him is going to be out there. So while he's running hot, get him, he's, oh, he's reasonably young. Yeah. No, 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 and here's some. I have so much time. A few years yeah. ago, I thought he was crap because he ran in and bowled fast, and that was it. Since then, he has become one of the most canny bowlers in the country today. He varies his seam, his pace, his wrist position. He's such a thinking man's bowler now. And I think while he's taking bags of wickets with the red ball, he's 100%. Ahead of Mitchell Stark yeah. in the you pecking order. always been a big grab for Troy Richardson. Yeah. So I fully endorse that one. Yeah. So the second one then... Oh, maybe I'll just say the three and then you can you can uh, poke holes where you go. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's, criminal, it's criminal if Troy Richardson's not in the starting line. Yeah, cool. Uh, Mitch Marsh in at five because, look, I would pick Kawaja ahead of Head. My, my thoughts on Travis Head have been well established. Like, for someone whose last name is Head, he so consistently loses his. So, oh, what a surprise. Travis Head made a start and then got caught hitting the ball in the air on the offside. He's, he's the new Shane like, 80% of his innings. <laughs> yeah, except rather than LBW, it's out caught on the offside. But it's like um, he, makes, he makes these stunning 30s. Oh, yes. And then throws it away and then walks the off. The Australian team needs that. Oh, but he walks off like hanging his head and thinking oh I'll never do that again and then he does it in the next fucking innings every time so look as far as I'm concerned Mitch Marsh would probably give you about as much as Head would with the bat Kawaja might offer a little bit more but when Mitch Marsh's bowling is also factored in and as you say his like what he brings to the team as a character you know he's led WA for a few years now like having that individual in the mix I just think he's as a package he is head and shoulders above either of those two blokes yeah I mean it's it's a funny one I I don't actually have I I don't understand why Marcus Harris is a World Cup star I I would have thought the Kawaja opening with Warner Yeah, is actually a better yeah. better balance for the team. But well, that would make sense too. Yeah, because that brings me to number three, which is this is going to be controversial. And you look, maybe maybe I maybe I look at him through rose tinted glasses because he did manage to bat through a day of Test cricket, which I think only you could probably count on two hands, maybe one hand, the number of blokes who could do that these days. Matt Renshaw is the other opener in my side. Steve Waugh was asked about this the other day and he said, like, who would you open with? And he said, straight away, Matt Renshaw is the forgotten man of Australian cricket. He said, for some reason. And I can tell you the reason, Tugger, it's because he doesn't play T20 and therefore is considered irrelevant. No, I can but, give you the other reason. That's in the middle order for Queensland now. Oh, well, that too. But I, I think he's the kind of bloke who, when you looked at this side five years ago where they were and he had been able to back through a day of test cricket in terms of sticking fat with someone recognizing yeah there are some issues here but the potential upside is enormous and he's a young promising player why didn't you stick with him look at look at what we've had since then yeah so I mean, that's a really good point huh? it's really funny when he came in you know and you will laugh but who he reminded me a lot of was alistair cook mm. And, you know, Alistair Cook went through a pretty tough patch recently early in yeah, his career. Yeah. And, you know, England kind of stood by him yeah. through that all and they reaped the benefits of that. Yeah, yeah can, can you convince me that Aaron Finch, Marcus Harris, Cam yeah. mm. Bancroft, mm. all these guys that they've brought in since are better options than him? No. Yeah. 
And as I said, look, if you went with Kawaja, I'd understand that. And mm. that, that actually would make some sense. Mm. It's almost like the Chris Rogers pick. Yeah. But um, the problem that we're going to have is, is that you look at the team that we already have. Like, who's in the, who are the batsmen knocking down the door who are going to be playing for this mm. Australian team in four or five years? Even the next stash is in Australia. Yeah. There aren't going to be too many of them that are in the team at the moment that are going to be for that yeah so at what point in time do you actually forget about the past and start looking forward yeah and that was why I was so dead against them dropping him <laughs> first half. and look they did they did the same thing to Phil Hughes and the same thing to Kawaja those blokes they you know the guys we stick fat with are the ones who we don't necessarily think, deserve it as much he could, he could never stay fit but they um, they did the same thing with Sean Mark mm. they threw him all around yeah too. yeah Plug this off, Sean. Plug this off. Yeah. Oh, you didn't make any runs this time. And We've got to bring a new South Welsh in. Sorry, you're out. Yeah. And funnily enough, that I think that's another uh, albatross around Mitch Marsh's neck is that his last name happens to be Marsh. And the public's, uh, you know, the public opinion on Sean Marsh has almost muddied <laughs> Mitch Marsh's uh, <laughs> selection chances as well. <laughs> Yeah. Because people just see a Marsh in the team and go, oh, we're not going down the Marsh road again. Well, I mean, the funny thing about Sean is, is that I think that he, the one, the one style of cricket he's the most suited for to play at the highest level is the one that he never really played that much at, which is the 50 overs. Mm. Yeah. He made a... In the series where we lost 5-0 uh, in England, he, well, he was hands well, I mean, down, I bet, yeah, our best, best player in that series, yeah. Um, and then, look, the fourth one in this... Uh, I think this is probably more a reflection of the uh, the esteem in which I hold Alan Borders' <laughs> opinions. Is I would pick Josh Inglis ahead of Alex Carey, and yeah, look, there's, well, there's two reasons. But number one is definitely um, yeah, Alan Border, his whole take on uh, when Alex Carey was captaining the Australia A side against India last summer um, when Border was apparently in full-blown Captain Grumpy mode up in the commentary <laughs> box um, not at all happy with what he saw unfolding before him um, and look yeah I'll, I'll cards on the table that's 100% influencing this decision but Inglis is you know with regards to what we're talking about here is you know picking young players who've shown improvement who are in really good form and who you would like to invest in as a player of the future like Inglis ticks all those boxes similar to Jaibo he was someone I didn't really rate until like you know probably about 18 months ago when I thought he did the Travis head you know he made a decent start and then got out something seems to have clicked for him uh, over the last couple of seasons and he can now bat longer and, and score, yeah, well, score centuries, which I think he hadn't done until last season off the top of my head. Um, mm. So, yeah, that one, um, Alex Carey, like, fair enough, you know. This is, of the four, this is probably the one I'm less wedded to, but... Um, I mean, they, they basically anointed Carey to be paid a successor a long time out, and I mm. think that that itself is a bit of a problem. Yeah. I, I'll be honest, I think... Kerry's a slightly better batsman, but I think Inglis is actually a substantially better keeper. Yeah, and that's another. Um, and I think you know, and it's it's one of these things that um, you know I'll use it, and it's you know you you might not get this, but um, Kerry's very Gilchrist-like in the way he plays in virtually all facets of what he does. Mm. And what I mean by that is when he's wicket keeping, is is that he tends to use his athleticism a bit more than he does fundamentals. Mm. 
And obviously what happens is these guys are the ones that crater pretty fast, mid-30s or so. And, you know, part of the reason why Tim Payne has been able to be serviceable behind the stumps these last few years is that he has actually good keeping fundamentals. Mm. Yeah. Um, I think Ingles has better keeping fundamentals than, than Kerry does. Mm. Uh, and I think that this is the thing. Kerry might score us a quick 80, but he might put down the opportunity that we need to take in order for us to win a match. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to die in a ditch on that one. I, I'm with you. I would have picked Ingles. Mm. Um, I think that the, unfortunately for him, the thing that probably counted the most against him is, is that apart from you know, playing overseas for all that time. He went over in the T20 tournament, barely batted. Yeah, but so he hasn't played in cricket. And that's... Yeah, that's which was stupid because they were, like, I would have picked... Oh, I mean, you talk about this selection choice, picking Matthew Wade ahead of England. <laughs> like, yes, yeah, so, sure. Wade made that one score towards the end that made it look good. But this is this is the sort of tournament where you 100% should be blooding English. Like, Wade's a mediocre keeper, arguably the worst wicket keeper we've ever had to don the gloves. And English is... What is probably like twelve years Wade's junior or something like that? Yeah, like why? Yes, yeah. yeah, so, but why in the world T Twenty? Surely that's the sort of Mickey Mouse who cares tournament where you blood these guys at international level, right? Yeah. So yeah, and then when they did play him, they had Mitchell Stark coming in ahead of him in the batting order. Wrap your head around that one if you don't mind. Yes, gosh. And then comes in and off too. Yeah, yeah. How hard is this? Yeah. Um, I would actually, given his opportunities, he, he outdid himself. <laughs> and I, mean, I think you, you've hit the nail on the head. It's kind of, I really feel that there's four question marks in this team, two, five, seven, and eight. Mm. Um, I think whether we like it or not, Nathan Wine picks himself. Hazel and Cummins definitely pick themselves. Yeah. 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 I think Smith, Smith and Labashane yeah. certainly pick themselves. I think they've, they, they need to persist with Cameron Green. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, you know, his position shouldn't really be in doubt either. They need to and, do with him what they should have done with Phil Hughes and, and Matt Renshaw. you know, like, like it or not, um, you know, Warner's unfortunately an auto-selection. And, look, we're playing in the Southern Hemisphere, yeah, so yeah. it probably makes yeah, runs. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, Unless Stuart Broad, like, has him flashing back to Nam and then yeah. just shitting his pants on at but, the top um, increase, yeah. So, I mean, the question marks were who, who else was to open, who else was to come mm. in at five, who was going to be the keeper, and as you said, Stark v. Richardson. And I think, look, with regards to what you said, I'm with you with Richardson v. Stark, Quadra mm. over Travis Head. Yeah. As I said, I'd have Quadra too, though. Yeah. And I'd probably have a bit more of a think about who was available at five. Yeah. Carson there, certainly a lot wider than they seem to have. Yeah. Uh, with regards to that side of things. Um, I think another challenge you have when trying to find the next batsman coming through is that the like the quality of the pitches on which Sheffield Shield matches are being played these days vary so greatly. Karen Karen Rolton Reserve has got traffic lights at both ends of the pitch. So the other like you know a couple of rounds ago, like Cameron Green made a pair of fifties over here in a green top of the Wacker that I would have rated more highly than blokes making a century in both innings. At um, you know, at Karen Rolton. So I think you need to, you can't just sort of look at the like the run scored or the aggregates. You need to look a little deeper into where they're being scored as well. I think that's the point in itself, though, is, is that the fact that the shield position has been uh, the competition in itself has just been deprioritised. Yeah. 
this is part of the reason why it's so hard yeah. to sit there and say, you know, the questions we're asking, we mm. can't answer because of the way that the, the, the mm. game's been run the last five years. I would love to see them develop some, if, like, if I could change one thing about <laughs> Cricket Wild, if I could change one thing about Cricket, it would be the T20 is a franchise-only format. There's no internationals. Well, yeah. But if I could, like, I'll do one thing, for, yeah, you're on board with that one, yeah. Absolutely on board with but that one. For the future of Australian cricket, it would be to actually, like, formalise some sort of uh, arrangement with the English counties to have blokes go over and play county cricket in the off-season. And it's so hard these days because there's, like, 42 different uh, T20 leagues going on around the world at any given point in time. Yeah, so, so, do what they did 10 years ago. It's in an Australian A-team around the world. Mm, mm. Yeah, something like that. So something where... Because at the moment you've got individuals who choose to do it and yeah. generally they always reap the benefits from it. Mm. Um, and it's something that... Like I'd like to see, I'd like to see a more formal structure in place around how it works. Like whether it's actually in, you know, the, they get the ECB in and and discuss it, or or whether it's you know we're going to pay pay for your flight expenses or whatever it is to put the support in place so that the the players are more encouraged to actually go over there and play some red ball cricket in very difficult batting conditions. It's really interesting that because I know in our Kalgoorlie club. We had players come from England. We had a we've had a couple of African guys come over, an Irish guy come over, and they've got agents that you know they look up clubs. They come over, they play cricket yeah. in Australia. Oh, Adam Wilson's at this club. Oh <laughs> yes, we got to send them there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah, we'll pay them to take out. The, the club they come to, the club pays their airfares. They work to get them a mm. job. Mm. Uh, while they're, they're living here. Uh, the relocation expenses yeah, and all well, that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah, because they only come over for the six months of the cricket season and then they go back to... Well, I think, yeah. and I think this is the thing, is you think about all the good cricketers that we've pumped out in the last 20 or so years, how many of them play county cricket? Mm. Yeah, if you were doing this as a regression analysis, that would be one of the key yeah, <laughs> uh, independent variables yeah. that would be a predictor of it. Yeah. Is that... Um, and, you know, in many ways we're making the argument for Marcus Harris, but hey, at least he mm. went over there and did it. Yeah. Yeah. And look, ha- yeah, Harris is... I don't have as much objection here. I just, I, he's just not quite at the... He just doesn't no. quite make the grade. That's, no. And look, he's been given he's, probably... I think he's probably played maybe like 12, 14 tests, I would say, and has a top score in the 80s. So, I mean, sure, you'll turn around and say, well, Steve Ward didn't make a century until his 27th, but... Oh, no, I mean, this... can I... That, I mean, I, know, I said this to you, and you, you had a bit of a chuckle when you never really thought about it. I remember seeing when Steve Ward first started, and you could see there was something there. Mm. Funnily enough, I see very similar things with Cameron Green. Oh, yeah, yeah. Um... And yeah, Cameron, Cameron Green is the first they, good young player that we've picked about in our top six they, in a long time. And they persisted with Steve Waugh when perhaps they shouldn't. Yeah, have because and maybe you know, you said, so. You think Green's a similar case in that he offers something with the ball as well? Yeah, well, during the early stages he did as well. But yeah. I mean, you know, Steve Waugh actually came in to the team when you know they lost a significant chunk of experience mm-hmm. through that rebel to us yeah. type thing that was one of the lowest ebbs of you slice out there. It, so you had to yeah. sit there and take a five year view who's going to be here playing in five years yeah. time 
Uh, and yeah, he was one of those ones that, yeah, as I said, you could see he had a, early in his career, I mean, to be fair about that, it, Alan Bull had declared on him when it looked like he was going to get his first 100 in one of Dick move, AP. No, what was that? He was 80 or not out, and he was just smoking the ball left, right, and centre. Mm-hmm. Um, so it wasn't quite then declaring on Graham Hickwell. It was no, on 98. Then. No. I'd say that that gave him the time limit and he, and he ran out of time. Yeah. But, um, the, he, you know, in essence, he would have made 100 that day, I think, quite mm-hmm. comfortably. Yeah. You'd certainly see the signs. He came in as a night watchman and made 71 very mm. early in his career as well. Yeah. There were enough signs there to show you that he was going to make it. Yeah. Marcus Harris is, a, you know, and with all due respect, I think he's anonymous. Mm. Like in 10 years' time, someone will say he's done and go, oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. That guy played for a while and didn't really do a hell of a lot. Yeah. Um, it's kind of the scary thing in terms of that like the parallels you draw with the, the Rebel Tour and everything else. You know, we had a similar situation here with Bancroft, Smith and Warner all being taken out of the team. And what came from it? Like, a few years of Aaron Finch. <laughs> like, like we, did, we had that opportunity to try and take stock and, and make those exactly, decisions and, and nothing has come from it. And that's, that is a really valid point. Mm. And if ever there was an opportunity to take a part, that was it. Mm. Because what were you going to lose? Yeah. And you, as you say, we, we just decided for whatever reasons to band-aid over the problems. Mm. And as I said, you know, who's going to be the batting lineup in five years' time? Yeah, Cameron Green's the one guy he could put in there. And yeah, I probably, I probably haven't given him enough of a rap. There's, there's so much to like about him. Yeah. I think, number one, just his batting technique like people say they want to see him score fast they want to see him be more aggressive and all that but the fact that he's giving himself the opportunity to make big scores by just not getting out early yeah. I mean, how do you make big scores you don't get out it's about not getting out <laughs> you, you can't make more runs once you've been dismissed so the ability to like to hang tough yeah. and see off the difficult and period or the new ball or you know whatever it is he has the technique to do that and he, he certainly you know, he might not have had the runs to show for his efforts last time round. Mm. As you said, there was... In terms of balls faced, he would have been right up there. Like yeah. The discipline of Test cricket. Yeah. He's got the mindset and the attitude. Mm. And it was funny, you know, the one opportunity where they did give him a chance to, to kind of unleash yeah. how destructive he actually was. <laughs> Release the dog of war. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'd, I'd love to see him actually work on his bowling a little bit more. Because I think at the moment, he, like he's, to be fair to him, I feel like his bowling is very, very innocuous. Like it doesn't surprise me that he's yet to take a test wicket. If I look at someone like Mitch Marsh, like I'd say Mitch Marsh is far more likely to jag like three or four wickets. So I think, yeah, I don't know whether that's, he needs to work on being able to move the ball a bit more. Right now it's almost, it's a bit like Jai Richardson used to be. <laughs> I think um, with him it's just more confidence in his body. Yeah, that, that you know, yeah, I mean, that's very the fair. The had two yeah. stress fractures. Yeah, really, I mean, yeah. Um, and it, it could, it, you know, there could be a, a young guy who's balls fast and has had back issues. What are the odds? <laughs> yeah. It could very much be like Steve Well, where they sit there and say, "No, no, no, you're too valuable with that that mm. piece of wood in your hand mm. to be yeah. stuffing around and stuff like that." Mm. And I mean, look, if if. What are, what are we really going to need you for? I mean, where you're actually really going to need Kevin Green is in the subcontinent. Yeah. When you know you want to play two spinners. Yep. 
possibly three spinners in some instances. We don't have three spinners. Yeah, we, don't have, do. we don't have one. <laughs> yeah. Um, <laughs> But, yeah, uh, that's right. Bowling the best straight breaks in world cricket. <laughs> <laughs> nice, Gary. Yeah, thank you for that. Um, so, look, having said that, uh, in terms of... This is a funny series. Like, coming into this, um, I thought Australia were going to win 5-0 without playing oh, even right. even half-decent cricket. Um Ben Stokes being fit makes a huge, huge difference to this series. Like, without Jofra Archer, that, that was a massive out for England. So when originally we had heard that it was going to be Archer and Stokes both missing, like, I thought 100%. We'd win 5-0 without, yeah, without ever getting out of second gear, basically. Stokes coming back in makes a difference for them. And... Like, I don't think you can underestimate just, you know, with bat, with ball, and just as a competitive beast inside that team, the impact he had. I mean, he's their most important player, you know, hands down. And second and third. Yeah. But, well, no, because second, and this this is going to be my point, I think, look, second is my biggest worry. If you were an England fan right now, you'd just be sitting there going, if Root gets out, then who makes our runs? Like, and the reason we won last time in England was because in English conditions, in their home conditions, we just dominated their top and middle order. And, you know, going into the, I mean, you would know, you guys would know, I'm usually very, very uh, bearish when it comes to making pre-series predictions and, you know, my overall gut feel on things. But it's just, I can't, I can't see who's... If, if Root doesn't make a truckload of runs, then I just cannot see how they're going to outscore us in across a five-test series. I think it's very... It's, it's an interesting... Comment, and it's going to be an interesting series because I think that both teams have the same strengths and weaknesses. Mm, yeah. And I think both teams would believe that if they're bowling first, they'll get 20 wickets. Mm, yeah. yeah. But it's just a matter of will they have enough runs. Yeah. yeah. To uh, to win the games, and yet yeah, that then, as you said, it needs some people to stand up. I mean, you know, look, Australia drew last time pretty much off the back of one person, yeah. off the back of one person, more appropriately. Mm. Um, I mean, Manus did well as well, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, this, yeah, I think the, this, there's similar questions in the Australian team as there is with the English with regards to that. Who's going to make the runs? Um, mm. oh, I think. Look, Warner, at the risk, you know, everyone knows how much I hate him, but, yeah, in the Southern Hemisphere and against England, he has a pretty decent record. And, uh, Smith, Labuschagne and Green, uh, you know, I'd, I'd put them ahead of any of the English players not named Joe Root, so... And I'd put two of them ahead of Joe Root. Well, I, think, but, <laughs> I mean, you know, Root, Root, Stokes and Butler all have to have big series mm, in the back. Yeah. Let's not kid ourselves, yeah. but uh, for England to win... Yeah, I'm not quite. I'm certainly not far to five nil bush. Well, at least one's got to be washed out. Yeah, I believe. It looks like the first one at this stage. Because <laughs> well, the entire state of Queensland's underwater right now. I'm, it's ridiculous. I'm expecting this to be a very tight series. And it could be one of these ones where it's two all. It could be 3 1, where Jeez. it could be 3 1 either way. Wow. Because this um, is. No, I, I disagree with that because this is the other thing every time I do try and almost revert to my natural uh, habitat of bearishness the other thing is what I remind myself is that England have not won a test in this country in their last two tours over here and it's hard to see how this team are going to be the ones that sort of reverse that you know every time I sort of start to think oh yeah maybe England maybe England there's just 
enough there to dissuade me. So perhaps for once I'm the one going in overly optimistic. But I, yeah, I uh, just any, gut any, feel. Any, any prediction I have is like I, I feel like no mind through this whatsoever. Mm. Um, that is the other thing. There's been no five, red ball cricket played. Five, five played, million so. away wouldn't surprise you. Um, maybe one more. Yeah, so yeah. yeah. I'm thinking three one Australia, but expecting it to be very tight. Mm. Is it? It's about whether they if. Like I feel like if Australia get on a roll, they'll be very hard to stop as well. Like momentum wise, yeah. there's Which yeah, is, like to the be poms honest, of that's what's happened the last couple. Yeah, of years, isn't it? and I mean the poms of, I mean bubble fatigue is the new yeah. <laughs> catchphrase. But it, and look, it's a hundred percent a real thing. If you stop and think about the actual reality of what those players have had to go through, like I think since we. Other like other than the India series, I think the Poms have played something like eighteen tests over the last two years or something. We've played like four, yeah. and most of them would have taken um, place under quarantining conditions. Yeah. Yeah. So that's a huge like you know um, mental toll that that would have taken could, on them. That could go either way. Mm. It either galvanises you or it fragments you. Yeah. Yep. No, that, that's very true. Um, like, I actually think the bubble helped India over here last year rather than hurt them. Mm. Yeah. But it's... Yeah, as you say, you sort of go into this series without being able to have a, like much of a gauge on how the teams are going yeah, because yeah. they've basically just been playing who cares cricket. Yeah. Um, in, you know, for Australia since... <laughs> since the last, uh, since the end of the last <laughs> test series, um, twelve months ago, when yeah. they lost to a third string Indian side, mm. so third string might be being complimentary. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, pulling in guys from their T Twenty squad mm. to play starring roles in test matches. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> oh, I can't believe that works. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, very, very, very hard to get a feel. I look, and I, I hope I'm not doing like a, an AFL Grand Final <laughs> pre-game prediction here. And I think until the West Coast one, we'd gotten every single one dead wrong. I would still, at the risk of putting the moz on them, I'd still say Australia four nil. Mm. Yeah. Please be right. Please be right. <laughs> so that is one thing I haven't done yet is checked out the odds for the hedging because they'll probably be pretty bloody generous, I'd say, for for the Poms to to uh, reclaim the urn. Might, might, have to, of, might have to have a look at that. You might get a bit of English money on that, though. Yeah. Mm. Back then, your thoughts, me? <coughs> uh, I'm going to go 2-1 Australia. 2-1? Jeez. Two washouts. Wow. Where's the second washout happening? Sydney. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sydney's always a safe place. No, I don't know. Melbourne's pretty good safe there. I mean, we are Melbourne, it's more the quality of the pitch. Is <laughs> we, we are going into a La Nina. La Nina. I think it's El. Oh, maybe it was La Nina. Yeah. yeah Nina. Whatever the wet one is. <laughs> yeah. That's how usually how I point Bridges out the chicks at the bar. It's taken like half an hour, but I finally got the classic head shake and look away from Jamison there. Two one, two one Australia, and not, none of the matches to go to four five days. And which test did England win? Because if the scary thing is, if that's going to be true, then I'd say England will be up one nil. Yeah, 
Yeah. If you're going to say that, because I reckon their best chance is with the pink ball and Jim Ladd taking like yeah. 13 <laughs> wickets. <laughs> yeah, I would have said Adelaide. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Although, of course, well, we don't know. Adelaide, yeah, yeah we, we don't know where the fifth test will be played. We just know that it won't be in Perth. So. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that could, that could make a big difference, you know. Yes. Like, if it gets played in Bell Reeve on a green top, I reckon... Like, <laughs> what the, happened last time? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. So perhaps, the, the, in fact, that could be the reason why they are yet to announce um, Tasmania. Because in reality, if WA can't host it, it should be an open and shut case. Tasmania should get it 100%. But yeah. now there's talk about Melbourne hosting it as a day-night test match instead um, and that could be a very big reason for it because if we're going into the final test of the series with the Ashes still in the balance yeah. then if England could pick any ground in the country to play on I reckon they'd it'd be going Bell Reeve assuming it's a red ball test yeah. yep. then they'd be going Bell Reeve mm-hmm. yep that's probably the other big question isn't it is uh, whether Anderson and Broad can Roll, we like turn back the clock. Yeah, I mean, I don't think I don't think Anderson. I mean, Anderson's basically here to he's he's going to play one test. That's guaranteed. Yeah. Outside of that, he may he may not get picked for any of the other five tests, depending on you know on how the team is. Go- uh, yeah, any of the other four tests, depending on how the team is going. But like for that reason alone, it, it's yeah. worth having him. Wonder if any of them are going to so. do a Jonathan Trotter or a Matt Pryor. Oh, jeez. <laughs> With the, the, the scared eyes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Or a Graham Swan. <laughs> yeah. We've got Graham Swan. Yeah. yeah. Big yeah, Swanee, Swanee was worse. God, yeah. with Trotty was more like mental. Swanee was just like, no, I'm too shit for this, so it's been real. I'm out of here. <laughs> oh, yeah. Been talking the big game before this. Yeah. Pissed off yeah. three games. Yeah. yeah. And that's that is a lot. There's a big. That's a big element of me going four 0 Is that I feel like. And look, that's the reason why Perth aren't going to host this test because I think if England got to the end of a long tour, they'd already lost the Ashes and were down like three 0 say, and then got told, oh, by the way, there are going to be some quarantine protocols in place. They would have said, no, fuck this, we're going home. Yeah. <laughs> I think the Australian team are probably going to do that as well. Oh, why? They haven't had to do much. God. It's self-inflicted in case of the Australians. Yeah. And if they're on a, a like an Ashes-winning uh, national tour, of course they're going to want to come and soak up the Adelaide, accolades. The Adelaides, God. The Adelaides. Yeah. Accolades. The Adelaides. <laughs> yeah. So, look, the final point is just please fuck off rain next week. God, Timbo, Nathan and I have all taken the day off work to watch the first day of the test and now it just looks like it's going to be pissed upon from a great height. Some stinking fucking rain just to ruin proceedings. So, what's, what's the, whatever the opposite to a rain dance is, like a, a sun jig? I don't know, but I'm doing that right now, so... <laughs> There's a lot of leg movements involved. I'll show you guys the choreography after this. But. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah. At one stage, you have to try and get your ankle behind your ear, but <laughs> I'll show you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> We're losing. Yeah, this is deteriorated rapidly here. So, stop it, On that note, I think I will say. Go Aussies and later skaters. Later, Hosen.